0: Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. This is our second episode of the Conscious Connection series, which I'm super excited about. That is where we are bringing in other like-minded, like-hearted, beautiful, radiant balls of light (laughs) that we love, that we know have value to impart to you all listening. We want to open the space beyond Jay and myself to allow people's stories to, to reach you and touch you, you know, share their light, share their wisdom, share, share their insight, their experience, their hilarity. It's all fair game in this space because we're here. Our, our core mission remains the same to live, laugh, love, and learn together with all of you. And again, like as the name of this part of the show, points to, we are here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. So that's what we're up to today. Per usual, if you want to find the show, if you are new to the show, go to trustthejourney.today. You're welcome to like, follow, subscribe, all the reviews. If, if you get a lot out of this show, we welcome those shares and those, those, that feedback. If you want to join the Trust the Journey family, that's a private Facebook group where we expand the conversation from here. And all you need to do to get into that group is to donate on Patreon in any amount. So go to the website, trustthejourney.today, scroll down and the donate to Patreon button is there. So that's it, fam. Oh my God, I just don't even know where to start. (laughs) I am thrilled, 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 thrilled to... Welcome Shannon Hernandez to the Trust the Journey Conscious Connection space today. I'm going to give you a little bit of her bio so that you kind of know what what you're getting into today. <laughs> <laughs> she is a former registered nurse. She's a massage massage therapist. Shannon is what some might call a transformation junkie, always seeking to grow and integrate what she has learned and share it with others. She has over 30 years of experience with psychedelics and healing arts and over 20 years of education in transcendental philosophies. She is experienced in making sacram- sacraments with master plants and makes herbal remedies with local medicinal plants. She is a coach, mentor, mom, plant sacrament facilitator and ordained minister. She is a lover of people, plants and animals and believes in the deep intrinsic value of mother nature of she deep, sorry, believes in the deep intrinsic value that mother nature offers to humans for healing, learning, and connecting to God. I personally can attest to this all being accurate. She is so much more than those few short sentences. She is my best friend. She is my soul sister. She is my chosen family. I'm going to cry right away immediately before <laughs> you've even spoken. She is wonderful. And I'm so thrilled. Shannon, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here. It's such an honor to be with both of you and
1: Jay and this beautiful podcast. And I appreciate what you're putting out into the world yeah. and sharing with your open hearts and vulnerability and your growth and transformation.
0: How does it feel to be in the trusted journey space? Safe. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Okay. So let's dive into this. I've got a list of questions. There's. It's likely we will. It doesn't matter where we go. Um, but we're going to talk about your extensive experience with plant medicines. But before we go there, I want to start by hearing about the younger you, you know, like a little Mm -hmm. Shannon, like what kind of kid were you growing up? You know, what stands out from your experience in your younger life? Great
1: question. Well, I grew up an only child. Um, my mom had me at a very young age, and so it was kind of a community effort where it's my mom and my aunt and my grandma, my grandpa, all living in this beautiful house that my grandpa had made on the Anclote River in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. So I'm a Florida girl and being an only child and being around adults all the time, I pretty much spent a lot of time alone. So I thrive in that alone space and having quiet time for myself. And as often as possible, I was outside. I loved to be outside playing in the hose in the summertime. Um, I would notice that I was in a big puddle and that the poor ants were swimming. And then I would just get so engrossed in like watching their antics and no pun intended. um, And, you know, (laughs) trying to find high ground. And I just loved watching nature and and being outdoors. I had horses growing up, so I rode horses a lot. And we always had dogs and cats and... You know, pets and yeah, outdoor girl.
0: Nice. Uh, It's so funny. The it's it's interesting because the. Plant medicine work, at least in my experience, brings us back to those the younger years of our life a lot because there's so Mm -hmm. much there to heal. You know, there's so much there. And, you know, we have our stories of like, oh, this is what I was like. And we think we. I don't know, at least for me, there's it's interesting to note the awakenings that come from doing sort of the deeper work to go Oh, having those different perspectives on our younger years, because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was an outdoor girl. And for me, I was like, yeah, I was a high achiever. I did the things I did. I sang in the theater stuff and I did a lot of the sports. My parents were divorced, but they were great, you know. So it's sort of interesting when we start to dive deeper into those stories, what comes up. But um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, say more if you if you have thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, what comes to mind, is you mentioned, parents of divorce and my parents were divorced when I was two. It's one of my earliest memories is remembering um, my mom and dad driving from where they lived in Tarpon Springs back to Newport, Richie to drop my mom and me off at her parents' house because that was that was the end. Yeah. And they were pretty much fighting the whole way. And uh, I, re- I remember that. it it stands out to me and one of my ceremonies as you know recently was really touching into uh, healing from divorce and i've been drinking ayahuasca for years now and i've been doing psilocybin for even more years and i've done a lot of deep work but this was one of those like alien on the face kind of things that i just couldn't see it was so big and so massive you know Um, and i finally like Learned like, wow, I never healed my parents' divorce, you know, and as a two-year-old, what resources do you have to do that?
0: Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. It's,
1: it's a big, big thing. And I think that parents can't support their kids appropriately because they're going through it. Mm-hmm. And then you end up with this baggage that you carry around that you don't even know you're carrying because you don't even know that it happened. Most of us were were young or something. So mm-hmm. um, it was it was a big thing for me to heal from, from that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I mean, this is part of what we want to do here is like share, you know, share real and deep and Mm -hmm. and go there because, yeah. You know, and I
1: think that one of the things that I wanted to share, sorry to cut you off is is like I said, I've, I've been drinking plant medicine and, and doing this work for a long time. And I just now saw that in January of this year, you know, people (laughs) were like, people were like, why do you keep, aren't you healed yet? Aren't you fixed yet? Why do you keep drinking that stuff? And it was like, because there's always another layer to peel back. You know, it's like why do we skydive? You never stop learning. I don't care how good you are. There's something new to to learn or to explore. There, that's the way it is with plant medicine. And I'm always making analogies with skydiving
0: and plant medicine. You know, we're in the
1: door. You know, (laughs) I (laughs) got that nervous feeling. (laughs) Oh my god, that is
0: definitely, definitely how I feel every time before ceremony. Even though I have now a deep trust that what I get from it will be absolutely healing and it will be absolutely worth it, it still feels so scary to me. I, I anticipate that fear potentially lessening, but we'll see as I continue to do my own work. But going back to talking about sharing, I wanted to say about this because it was really thoughtful. It was a very thoughtful decision for Jay and me to share about our healing ceremonies on the podcast. Like we talked about it for months. We shared privately and personally with each other about the work and the healing that we're doing, learning, of course. I, we recorded one of the earlier podcasts, like episode 11 is before we had any good audio, by the way. So you'll have to be tortured (laughs) by listeners. If you haven't listened to that episode, you'll have to be tortured by the really bad audio. But it was when I, before I had done any plant medicine work at all. And I was really in this, in the space of trying to learn more to see if it was right for me to go down that path of healing, because it was clear to me, I needed more healing. Um, So we recorded that with the safety of, I don't need to share it if I don't want to. But let's record it, and if we feel like it'll be of service, and we feel like it's okay to to share it, we will. And over that time, we're listening to more shows, and there was a lot more conversation, sort of in the zeitgeist around this sort of uh, plant medicine and the healing, and a lot of a lot of people were talking about it. So it felt like you know what we want to join this conversation. So I bring that up because the disclaimer is also always in full effect that we are not medical doctors right that we are sharing from our own experiences that and inspirations and hopefully it's it is for informational purposes only like we want to make sure we say that that you need to do your own research and consult professionals if you are considering going down this path so with that said so Shannon back to you i want to hear more if you are willing, you know, what's one or a couple of, or one of the most impactful personal experiences you've had with plant medicine? Like what was your intention going into your ceremony and what did you get? Like, is there one of those stories that you could tell us or, or a couple, whatever you want to tell us, we're Mm. all yours. Well,
1: the first thing that comes to mind is Almost invariably, maybe not always, because I rarely use always and never consciously. (laughs) Yeah, right. I know, I know. (laughs) But almost (laughs) invariably, the ceremonies that I get the most out of are the most challenging. Mm. And I'm... I don't want to share this, but I'm feeling like I'm being told to share this. Okay. So I'm just going to go really out on a limb and be super vulnerable uh, and, uh, and just throw this out there. Sure. This is a big story of mine. So I had been dealing with some low back pain for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Like back in 2000, it was it definitely was like worse, but I had done a lot of work on it, both emotionally and physically, and I'd healed a lot of it. So I'd say I had like 5%, just more of a stiffness in my low back. And Mm -hmm. I do yoga and, you know, I keep it loose and it doesn't really bother me. It's just like, I used to have so much pain in my body. Like I was on all kinds of painkillers in my twenties and muscle relaxers. And I was getting epidural steroid injections. Like I was a mess. Um, so to now say like, oh, I have a little stiffness in my back. Let me work on this. Like it wasn't to me like a huge intention going into the ceremony. However, I'm um, like, I was my private ceremony. So I'm laying in my hammock in my, in my sacred space. And Ayahuasca says, let's look at that low back. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't like think that's what I was going to go in for. Sometimes I have an intention. Sometimes it's like, whatever you want, you know, just whatever she brings up. (laughs) And I was like, okay, yeah, let's look at that low back, you know? That sounds easy. One of the fucking fucking hardest ceremonies I ever had to go through followed that. I was like, holy cow. (laughs) So she's like, well, get up. And I'm like, I'm in my hammock. I'm feeling cozy. She's like, you want to work on the low back? You got to get up. I'm like, okay. So I get up. I'm out in the forest here by our property. As you can see, if you're watching and she's like, start moving your back. And I start moving my back and it starts to move as it did in my 20s when I used to be on a stage dancing for dudes. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's part of my clo- you know, skeleton of my closet yeah. from my past is I used to work in an exotic gentleman's club. hmm. So not to be disparaging to anybody who was total nude. I was not total nude. It was higher class, yeah. but yeah. it still was what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like moving like that. And I was like, oh, I don't like the way this feels. This feels degrading. This feels, I don't, this brings me back to that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then I put two and two together. And I realized that my low back hurts because of these experiences, these things that I did to my body, which was related to my father, Mm. never telling me I was pretty or that he was proud of me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember a single time that my dad said, I'm proud of you or you're beautiful. Mm. I could cry now thinking about it. Of course. And I was so deep in it. Like my cat had, one of my cats had followed me out there a sweet little grit. And I was so deep in it. And I was trying to get this purge out. I knew that I had to purge and I was moving my body and wiggling my body. And it two hours of like just exhaustion, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And I, I like, oh, I was like deep in, it. I got these like, things that I'm seeing with my eyes closed. I opened my eyes, and Egret would just be looking at me. I'm like, okay, she's still here. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very powerful. And then I, I finally got this purge out. And I'd say for about six weeks afterward, I didn't have a single stiffness, a single tinge of anything in my low back. Wow. And this, and I want to point out that it was, yeah, it was like six, eight weeks that I didn't feel anything. And I was like, wow, I healed my low back. You know, now it's still a little stiff. It's not as stiff as it was, yep. but a little bit comes back. And this is something that I found that's important to share with with doing this work is it does come in layers and the body speaks um I've done a lot of work on healing myself of asthma and I might have six months that I don't use my inhaler or feel uh, I don't feel anything, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in my lungs. And all of a sudden it will come back. I'm like, ah, oh, I thought I was healed. Well, it's just the body saying good job good job i'm gonna give you a little little break you know so that you can see that what you're doing is working yeah. you can see that there's there's progress here okay now the low back's a little stiff or the lungs are a little wheezy it's time to go back in and look at something deeper what's underneath that layer what's underneath yes. that layer so so that's but my my low back is great you know and But that was, that was a big one. That was a very hard, a very hard ceremony for me just to even deal with the dad stuff. Cause I was like, I thought I was all done with the dad stuff. You know, I
0: don't worry about him no more. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, and thank you for sharing all of that. And I believe deeply that when we are willing to be deeply seen and known It's not that we can be vulnerably. I would never ask a person, you know, like the fact that you have healed so deeply, you can share vulnerably in this safe space, in this safe community. But also, obviously, this is a public share. We would never invite as a coach, as someone in service to people healing. There is something about sharing from the scar, not the wound, that notion of we share (laughs) go for it (laughs) down the wrong pipe (laughs) I'm gonna have a sip of coffee (laughs) hold that thought yeah but we share into safe spaces so like it would make sense if you know for people listening that we wouldn't necessarily want to share broadly into the public sphere, something that we haven't necessarily worked with or, or gotten peace with, gotten to a real place of healing where we can speak to it. Not to say that emotion coming up, like there's stuff that I feel has been healed that still absolutely makes me cry. So, so the emotion coming up is not in, and you tell me what you think of that, but I don't think that indicates that it's not necessarily healed, but it's, but it's like, moves you uh like you it's felt deeply versus being like unsafe for you to to go there
1: it's an interesting topic
0: yeah i'm not sure (coughs) so sorry (laughs) that's okay Perfection is not the goal in this (laughs) podcast. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) This is definitely open and vulnerable. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not sure if it means that it's not healed. I think that maybe it's an indication of how deeply it touches us.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like every time I talk (laughs) about my gram, I almost every time I cry. You know, Um, but either either way, I. I appreciate that you share. I believe deeply that when we share like that, when we allow ourselves just to be seen, we are being of service to people who are listening. Like, I just so, so believe in that. That is why I am motivated to have this space at all. Why I make time for this podcast is that Jay and I have, you know, that just that idea of Oh my God, there's so many beautiful people that have so many rich and deep stories that could really help someone. Like I am, I'm really anyway, I could go on and on about that. But I'm curious, I want to ask more about personal stories. Feel free to interject them as we go forward. But you, as a facilitator, someone who works with the plant sacraments and who helps facilitate this kind of healing for people. Like, I'm curious about stories on that side of the house too. So like, what's, if, if you can share, obviously honoring confidentiality, certainly, of course, I would never ask you to share anything that you cannot share, but maybe there's something that you are allowed to share, or you can share anonymously. That's would speak to the impact of you being in the role of facilitator for the people that you are working with. Like, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Mm. Are you looking for like miracle story kind of thing? Well, or? just anything. No, it doesn't have to be a miracle story. I mean, it can be anything, you know, just just something you know, from the, your perspective as a facilitator.
1: Yeah, you know, the, the beauty for me of this work and part of almost all of why it's so priceless and why I'm so honored is the intimacy that I am privileged to experience with people. Because <clears throat> people come to this, this experience, this work, they come to plant medicine often because nothing else is working. Right. You know, I mean, I used to be a nurse, excuse me. I went the whole plant, or not plant, I went the whole medical model. When it came to my pain control, when it came to asthma, I, I did the medical model. And so people come when their marriage is failing. Yeah. When they're in so much pain, they can't stand it anymore. When um, they can't see their kids anymore. And it's not to say that that that's everyone's experience. But I think we all have a, a varying level of pain tolerance and for some people it might just be like you know what i can't get relationships to work in my life you know maybe i'm not on the verge of divorce but i just can't get seem to get this one area of my life isn't working and so they're like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try this and so because of that motivating factor the damn matcha tea,
0: man! <laughs> it's <not> throw it off. <laughs> because of the that. universe is going wink, wink. You wanted to be perfect on this interview, wink, wink, wink. <laughs> now because you of, got the matcha because tea because of that
1: motivating. Yeah, I will not be drinking that anymore <laughs> <laughs> today. Good. Today, just for today, <laughs> because of that motivating factor. I get the opportunity and the privilege and the honor of seeing people in their vulnerable, intimate spaces. Um, We have a couple that um, was actually one of the first couple people that came to one of our ceremonies years ago. And she called me and she's just like, I am literally on my way to the courthouse right now. It's probably the fourth time I've driven to the courthouse and wanted to file papers for divorce and then turned, turned home and her and her husband are wonderful lovely people you know but they just had their patterns and they had developed these ways of relating to each other that just were not functional and healthy and loving and um they're setting up a a ceremony uh with us soon to renew their vows beautiful you know and they just their interactions together over the past few years have if we've just watched them watch them grow and and become more open and expressive to each other. And, um, you know, so, and that's just one example of several marriages fail are saved. Yeah. And then we have the converse where people come and they're wanting to save their relationship and they realize that they're hanging on to something that doesn't serve them anymore. Yeah. You know, that it served them for a time and they learned what they needed to learn and then they have to lovingly allow that separation. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked with people dealing with addictions of all kinds. And I think when we think of addictions, we think of drug addiction or alcohol addiction. Um, but it, it goes so much deeper than the, you know what we think of when we think of addiction. So we, d- we do have somebody that I'm just super, super, super proud of who has came to us about two years ago with a methamphetamine addiction. Mm. And he is... I, sh- I just could cry, you know. He's just such a shining ray of light, and he volunteers here many hours. Amazing, and he's family, you know. And he's clean, and he's gotten so many things in his life. You know, he's able to see his daughter, which he couldn't see his daughter before. I mean, think of the impact, not only for him, but for his child, who's like think like seven seven years old. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to have her father in her <sighs> life again—that's <clears throat> priceless. That's mm-hmm. priceless. Um, we've we've had people who have sustained injuries come and maybe even come for another reason um, other than the, the reason that they got. You know, they might come for A and B, you know, reasons, but then they not only get A and B met, but then they got C, D, and E, you know. Um, <clears throat> and maybe just to elaborate on that, it's like, Maybe somebody came for a relationship issue but had like excruciating pain in their body but the relationship was the priority Mm. and they might leave having the relationship thing figured out and then, you know, driving home realize, oh my gosh, I never put my my brace back on. I'm like, I have zero pain, you know, and the pain is completely cleared up, Uh, you know, just as a bonus icing on the cake kind of thing. You know, and then to be fair, we have we have ceremonies where people come and we call it a not a ceremony where they get seemingly nothing. Mm. You know, this happened a, a few months ago when the guy called Travis um, last month and I was like, hey, you know, I just wanted to share with you that um, you guys are amazing. And, and I have to be really authentic. Like when I was there, I just felt like I didn't get much. And maybe this was a little hokey and I didn't understand your prayer and why, you know, why you why you do things the way you do. But I left and everything that I do has been different. I haven't been acting the same way. I haven't been reacting the same way. Mm. I've been responding. I've been more present and more loving and more conscious uh, with my wife and with the things that are going on. And and now I look back and everything that you said and everything that you did was was spot on. And, you Ah. know, so they feel like they don't get anything in the ceremony, but we like say, hey, just stay open for the next two weeks to month or so the sacrament stays in your system for at least two weeks on a physical level. So um, it's just the the stories are broad and varying.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, sorry, you want to finish your thought.
1: No. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing the transformation that we see. And sometimes it's overnight, but that's maybe two percent of the time. You know, a lot of times it's it's consistent work. You know, it's it takes the notion work. of
0: integration after without integration, nothing changes that. Yeah, that insight yes. of like really going, you get something, you get a transformation. But how do you then in- integrate it once you leave the ceremonial space? And that looks differently for everybody. But I want to before we go forward to something else, I want to touch on one thing you said about how you were saying people usually come when nothing else is working where they've mm-hmm. reached a point in a certain pain, a pain point or a challenge where they're like, I know I'm missing something. Well, at least I say that because that's basically what I experienced. And, and that was relative to the anxious attachment. I've talked about that on the show. So I won't go on and on about that today, but that's what drew me to the medicine as well. I was like, I've done so much other healing work. I've done therapy. I've done lots of group stuff. I've had coaches. I am not lazy on the work, the deep work. I want to do the the work. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so it, that's what happened for me where I was like, I'm clearly missing something that I cannot seem to access in this current waking consciousness. And I've learned enough over the last four years of my research and my four years of listening to Shannon tell me about her work, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) learning from that. Right to be able to finally take the steps to do it myself. But um, I think it's important to note that, that sometimes what we think will never work is exactly the thing that will set us free so there's some power in that contemplation i'm not suggesting that this is for everyone i'm more suggesting the opening of the mind to even contemplate if this is for you so that's something i wanted to just put into the space because because of that you know how long it took me and it's again not to move move people forward in any in any way but more to just plant that seed of consideration
1: I think that's a great thing to say because um, I was actually just talking to somebody yesterday and they've they've done plant medicine but never in a a ceremonial um, group and I say hey why don't you come come for ceremony I'm just curious not like you should come but I'm curious why you haven't come because they're a good friend of mine And they said, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm like an individual person. I don't, I don't do groups, group stuff. And I think that there's something to look at when we say like, I'm like this, or I'm like that, or I do this, or I don't do that. How can we transform if we've already have this rigid way of thinking about how we are?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it's like, if you want to use the skydiving thing, it's like, okay, well, yeah. If you want to, if you're a belly flyer and you don't want to free fly, that's cool. You, you don't have to, but at some point maybe you get bored with, with one thing, you know, it's like, how can we grow or branch out or do different things if we aren't willing to at least try something? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen?
0: Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. The fixed mindset versus the growth mindset and how, I say this in the life coaching work that I do. And by the way, I echo what you said about meeting people in their intimate, vulnerable spaces. Like it feels like a true honor to me to meet people in their growth path, on their growth path and, and to really be with people in, as they actually are in their pain, in their enthusiasms, in their joy, in their, sorrow in all kinds of different ways the human experience meets us so I love that you shared that I couldn't agree more um I want to go to how you initially like what initially drew you to to plant medicines like how what was your path to getting to them
1: hmm well
0: I I'm not sure exactly
1: where it began. Maybe when I was born.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, probably.
1: Um, I, you know, I had a lot of experience with psychedelics in my in my 20s and 30s, and as a recreational user. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't say I was like a big big partier, but five six times a year, I would do psychedelics just for fun. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard about ayahuasca. Actually, through Jay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Jay is nice. the
1: big reason why I am on this path. Amazing. Um, I, w- I was like, oh, a psychedelic I haven't done? I want to try that. You know,
0: it was kind
1: of <laughs> like that. And he was like, well, when you're ready, it'll find you. And I was like, Jay, come on, dude. <laughs> you got the goods, you know? <laughs> but I loved what he said because it was, it was, um, it, it helped It helped to set up the, the next step and to know that I was ready because I went home and told Travis, my husband, that my boyfriend at the time, husband now, uh, this was 12 years ago. Um, I said, hey, I was at this wedding and Jay was talking about DMT. And so we started doing all the research. We watched all the, the documentaries. We realized that we'd rather drink ayahuasca than smoke DMT, which there's nothing wrong with smoking DMT, but this was what we chose to prefer and so we were like all right well when when we're ready it'll find us you know and a year goes by two years goes by three years goes by four years goes by and then finally travis was like Hey I, I'm doing some research online. The plant's not illegal. I'll just order the plant. We'll make our own. We had no idea what we were doing. Like, we, we didn't even know that you needed two plants So like we were just like gonna make it ourselves and didn't realize a plant had to be 10 years old to you know like had to be big and we were clueless. And he was like, you want me to order it?" And I was like, yeah, sure. He actually put it in his cart but never checked out. And then the next day one of my one of my friends called and she said, hey, I found a family who's doing ayahuasca ceremonies. Do you want to go? And I was like, yes. Oh my God. The very next day, the very next day. And so my intention initially for going was like, it's a psychedelic I haven't done. Mm -hmm. But then after doing my research, I was like, oh, this is sacred and I need to have an intention. So my intention for me was my lungs. Mm -hmm. You know, it was one of the areas of my body that I was at least okay with. And so my, a lot of my journeys are focused around for personally f- around healing
0: my lungs. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. So can you tell us about uh, like that earlier experiences? Like what, cause I, I'm, I'm, you're very experienced and maybe we, maybe you tell us I want to hear about the medicines that you work with and facilitate, but I also kind of want to share more about like the. Earlier parts of your path, so that people get a sense for what that's like. You know what I mean. So, what would you say about once okay, you you realized, oh, this is sacred. This is not a party. This is not just a recreational thing. This is actually for the. I mean, and again, I want to put words in your mouth that I don't even know if you were aware that it was for healing purposes. When did that? clarity come to you where you're like, oh, this is healing work. This is not always fun. Maybe it's never fun. I I don't know. Like what, how did that transformation of awareness of what the plant medicine actually brought to you and how you wanted to engage it? When did that start to change? That changed with the first
1: documentary that we watched Okay, after hearing about DMT. We just started Googling stuff and And then we learned like, oh, wow, this is a sacred practice from South America and is originally from indigenous use. And I have great respect for indigenous people. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's kind of where we were like, oh, But you know how sometimes you have in life where you have like a conceptual awareness of something, but then you have the experiential. Yeah. Yeah. So like watching the documentary is like, oh, this is sacred. This is not a party. Okay. This is what we're getting into. So when we do finally find it, it's going to be more like, yes, I, you know, honor and respect, Mm -hmm. um, internal versus external, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to be watching the trees grow above me. I'm going to be going inside and looking at my own inner tree. Yeah. And so, um, that first ceremony was um was very enlightening from from that point of view and ever since then every psychedelic i've ever done has had a an intention has had a prayer yeah has had some some purpose so like i had done mushrooms prior to that and i had gotten deep insights and spiritual experiences through mushrooms but it wasn't my intention you know it was like a byproduct Um, but after that, it's kind of flipped where every, every time I do mushrooms now it's for sacred use only. And I might have a beautiful visual experience for a moment, but then I'm going back inside and I'm doing the, doing the inner work. I heard a really great, um, analogy or saying a few years ago that Using psilocybin, and I would just put all psychedelics in this, using any psychedelic recreationally is like using a supercomputer to play Tetris. Mm -hmm. So you have this very, very powerful apparatus, this, this mode of traveling into spaces that you cannot get to without years of deep contemplation or hours and hours of breath work or other yeah. modalities. Not to say that it can't be gotten, but this right. is like the fastest, easiest, most efficient way to just boom get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to use that for, you know, making the grass greener just seems to be a huge waste to me in, in my looking back at my experiences. And I am also a huge proponent of there is no wrong is only learning. So I don't yeah. judge those past experiences, but I, I look at it from a, a, a lens, a framework of comparison, like, wow, what could I have accomplished through my twenties and thirties if I had used these, these medicines, these sacraments for their original intention? At least that's what I think that their original intention is. That's
0: powerful. It makes me kind of laugh inside because it makes me think of you and me on my birthday very recently when it was like, (laughs) I was like, oh, you know, let's connect with the medicine and, you know, maybe it'll be a little quote unquote more recreational, right? (laughs) That's because I'm like, I don't want to do full ceremony. It's so hard. And, you know, I just want to be with you and connect and, you know, love each other, the whole thing. (laughs) You were there, you know. Uh, And then immediately, I barely had anything, barely. We've had some psilocybin. I barely had anything. And immediately, half a gram, immediately, the medicine (laughs) basically slapped me on the wrist, bam, and was like, only healing. (laughs) Basically, basically going, there's no recreation, there is only healing. Yeah. And I was like, so so even then I was like, I, I allowed myself to go into that more ceremonial experience that we that we then shared. And I got some amazing deep insights. I had a good cry over, you know, some, some contemplation around my family and, you know, how, when my grandma was alive, we all would come together. My cousins would come together, you know, and this thought of that's over, you know, and I feel sad about that and sort of crying about that while simultaneously connecting to the idea of talking to my mom and being like, hey, you know, let's try again. Like we tried a couple of years after my gram had passed to bring the family together again. And some of the locals just didn't show and there just wasn't a commitment by the family. But there was also I didn't really make an effort to in, in gender enthusiasm in my family to come either. So there was this both grieving that perceived loss and this idea that meeting this painful idea that that experience in my family is over forever. And then this a new idea, this new insight of going, well, maybe it's not. We could try again. I could talk to my mom. We could try again. And I did talk to my mom and she said, yeah, let's try again. So we'll see. But like that came only from the medicine and trusting that there was healing there for me. And when I started to feel that sadness come up in that, you know, moment when we're supposed to be quote unquote, recreating together, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, like, and of course, being with you as my family, as my soul sister, as my, my best friend, and the safest emotional place in my life, it's, I know I can go there if ever that feeling and emotion comes up. And I, I almost want to hear you say more about that about emotion about purging, you know, like, because I know people are a lot of a lot of people are afraid of of purging of puking. But I I mean, I was less afraid of "quote unquote" purging, crying. Very much afraid of purging, vomiting. Got obviously, I've gotten through that, but I want—I almost want to hear more about what the purges can be for people, and yeah, say more yeah. about any anything that comes up for yourself around that as well. Sure. Yeah, there are many ways to purge.
1: Um, I think that I've heard Jay talk a little bit about it on previous podcasts, but obviously, one is crying, and I think that crying can be very very intimidating and very scary for some people because they've been conditioned very rigidly not to cry. And there's a lot of negative association with that, uh, you know, punishment involved um, one way or another with crying. So, yeah, um, medicine, the sacrament can break down those walls and bring out those tears. And I had a phrase come to mind actually just a few days ago that crying is alchemy. Mm that you know with with crying we are transmuting these energies of lead into gold and it's beautiful beautiful like at the other end of that cry is this massive release of peace and and these good endorphins so you have three kinds of tears you have the tears that lubricate your eye you have the tears that help flush out a foreign body And then you have the tears that are of emotion and each tear, each type of tear has different chemical constituents. If you can imagine that our eyes are so amazing and beautiful that they can release different tears for different reasons. And the tears that uh, are for emotion um, help our body to release serotonin and oxytocin, which are more happy love hormones, you know, in our, in our nervous system when we finish crying. So it helps to kind of flush out some of those, those past, um, cortisol and more of the negative hormones and neurotransmitters and replace them with healthy, good feeling ones. So there's goodness on the other side of that good cry. Obviously you have the, the vomiting purging. And one thing that I'll say about, about plant medicine is I think that most of us, excuse me, that damn tea. I think that most (laughs) of us have this, um, we have an experience with purging that's related to having the flu, having food poisoning. It's related to some really awful wretched experience where our body's like must get this out now and you're nauseous and it's just horrible. And that isn't always how it is with plant medicine you may purge and it might feel just like getting up and going to the bathroom. You know, it's just a, an experience. It's not, it doesn't have to be nauseating and, and horrible. It can, if you're resisting, mm-hmm. if you don't understand about allowing and relaxing the body and, and just surrendering to allowing the, the energy to move, if you're tense and you're holding it together, it, you know, it can make it worse and last longer. And every ceremony is different for everybody every time but I would yeah. say now that I've learned to work with the medicine nine ninety percent of the time when I have to purge maybe more than that um, it's just like getting up and taking a pee. you know nice. I just kind of lean over my bucket and I'm like okay here it is and I remember in one of my early ceremonies talking to ayahuasca and saying I hate purging. Do I have to do this. <laughs> it's funny how we try to negotiate with yeah. the, the spirit. And she said, "Actually, you like purging. It's your ego that doesn't like purging." Mm. And I was like, "Oh, that makes so much sense." Yeah. And it's true. And so I just allowed myself to like it. And I I don't dislike it anymore. It's yeah. just a thing I do. And I'm I'm a puker. I purge almost every single ceremony. Yeah. Um, unless I'm facilitating, but I still sometimes feel purge when I'm facilitating. Usually, then it's for for other people. I pick up their energy and I move it through them, for for them. Uh, then you have obviously going to the bathroom. So, you know, urinating, pooping, defecating. Uh, my first ceremony, I think I went to the bathroom seven times. Oh my god. <laughs> was, it, it was like, whoa. <laughs> and I puked three times. So wow. I think the medicine knew like we're gonna get this girl facilitating so we're just gonna clean her out really fast. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I guess. <laughs> um, you can sweat so sweating is a way that we purge sometimes um, i have felt like i'm internally combusting and sometimes i sweat do not even realize i'm sweating and i'm not like even in my body aware that it's happening um there's like an oily residue that can be on your skin that's not it's neither sweat it's just something different you know sometimes people say it smells like ayahuasca mm. so there's that option sometimes purging can look like a scream yeah it can look like, uh, you know, I've had a number of ceremonies where I'll be back in my childhood and I'll recognize something that happened that was painful and I'll ask the medicine, like, how do I heal this? And it, and it says, well, how would you respond now having healthy boundaries and having good awareness of who you are? How would you respond now in that situation as with your adult awareness? And so then I'll, I'll speak up for myself. I'll defend myself, you know, and I think that in a way that can be a purge, too, yeah. especially if it has that emotion behind it. You know, you're getting something out like like I was told to be quiet or to shut up as a kid. And so I'll be like, I will not be quiet. I yeah. will not shut up, you know, so like that can be purgative, you know, because it's moving that old energy mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So.
0: Wow. That's so cool. I mean, is there any, any other purges from your experience that is connected to insight that you would think would be of service to share about, like from your personal experience?
1: One thing that I would say is that I think a lot of people don't think about when, if you're sitting in a ceremony and doesn't matter what kind of ceremony it is, if you are purging, whether it's crying, pooping, you know, puking, ask, what are you purging? Because you can become very connected to what that is versus just, I'm just hanging out over my bucket puking. Yeah. This sucks. Well, if you know what you're puking and why you're puking it, then it doesn't make it suck so much because right. then you understand that, that there's value in that. And then knowing what that is, then you can then integrate that. If you don't know what you purged, it's not that it's not valuable, but knowing what it is, then you can integrate. So if I, if I purge judgment and I know that I purge judgment, then I can become aware going forward of, oh, I'm, I'm doing that thing again. You know, I'm judging and not even thinking about it. Mm. So be being aware of that. So I always ask, what am I, what am I purging? Yeah. Um, And I, and I almost always get something, you know, and sometimes I won't even be aware like, oh, I'm purging anger. I didn't even realize I was angry at this person. And then after I purge, then then my whole ceremony is like, why am I angry? Mm -hmm. You know, and then I'll start asking these questions. So it can kind of be that ignition that gets a new, a catalyst for some new thought or new level of awareness that, you know, down a topic, you can go down that rabbit hole that we didn't realize. Whereas if I was just like, I just puked in my bucket and I didn't ask and realize, oh, I'm angry. Oh, I'm angry at this person. If I didn't know that, then I wouldn't have gone down that rabbit hole. And I, you know, to be aware of like, oh, there's this emotion that I'm not even present that I'm holding in my body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny, the it also makes me think the integration part and it, it also kind of makes me think of like skill building in this, in this lane. Like, mm-hmm. cause I think about an experience I just had very recently where I felt emotion wanting to come up relative to and this was relative to an old sort of friend breakdown where the there was a betrayal of trust and it hurt me at a time in my life where I was really vulnerable, sort of at the earlier stages of, of my heartbreak and divorce period of my life. And I remember cognitively being aware of the breach of trust and and sort of being needing to retreat from that relationship at that time but what never happened was i never like felt the pain of the hurt of that betrayal like i had never cried about it i just was like i shut down and and that emotion finally came up and this is not even in ceremony it was just because i was sort of in a space where that person was around and i could feel it and it was like oh, you know, and I luckily had some space to myself. At, like I was just I was by myself at the house, like people hadn't gotten back yet or whatever. And I felt the, the sadness want to come up in me. And only because of the ceremonial work that I've done was I like that. Let's let's lean in there. Let I, I have the space to be able to cry, quote unquote, be able to purge. You know what I mean? And let myself feel this emotion. And I'm not joking. It felt like a ceremonial cry. I cried Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes, just Mm -hmm. letting it all come out. I let, just like in ceremony, I let my snot just sort of drool out of my nose. I let it just drop. I was, you know, I just let myself really feel it all out. And to me, that is a version of integration and skill building that we get from the plant medicine work. And I would love your thoughts on this because that's how I see it and experience it as someone who feels very elementary in this work. Very, I mean, yes, I have some experience, but I do not feel quote unquote experienced as maybe, maybe that's a limiting thought, but what doesn't really matter. There's no reason to necessarily judge it, but why I go here is because of the power of the integration and how I wouldn't want people listening to think, oh, I have to just do ceremony and I can only get the insights from ceremony and I can only get the healing and the big purges from ceremony when really you can absolutely get it in your waking life as well. And I would love to hear you say more about that if you're. If That's you can. absolutely true. I think that Um,
1: using these sacraments is basically showing you what it's like on the other side of the door so if you have a door that you don't know how to get through the sacrament the, the plant medicine can be the key that opens the door to show you this is what it's like to dive into your subconscious this is what it's like to feel you know, whatever, whatever it is that's showing you what it's like that maybe you don't have experience with or you're having trouble accessing. But like you said, once you understand, oh, I'm having an emotion. Let me not stuff it like I've done for the past decades. Let <laughs> yeah, me actually yeah. allow it to feel this or or seek a safe place, like you said, your hotel room to let me explore this. What What is this? And carve out some space to, to honor yourself and to feel that and allow yourself to go through it. The plant medicine can give you the roadmap or the template or the, the action items like, okay, I'm feeling something now. What am I feeling? What am I purging? Why do I feel this way? What other experiences might be related to this, that I should pull into this picture to allow it to, to percolate together, to come up. Once you understand how these these series of steps can flow together. You can do them anytime. And this is essentially what I do with in my work with my clients. Um, some of them use plant medicine, some of them do not. And, you know, one, one person might say, you know, I've had this pain in my foot for decades and it, it hurts and you know, I've got bunions on my feet and I think I need to go see a podiatrist and and get, get surgery. And I'm like, well, You don't want to have surgery, right? So let's look, let's look at the foot, put your hands on your feet, take a deep breath, just close your eyes and just have a moment to be quiet and be still and ask the foot. This may sound really weird, but it works. I mean, your foot has cells and these cells have consciousness. They are a part of you, just like we are cellular organisms on the earth, you know, like it's, we're all just part of a bigger, growing mass. And so you can look infinitely macroscopically and infinitely microscopically. It's, all, it's yeah. all connected. So she's looking at her foot and she's like, I'm like, ask your foot, what is it? And all of a sudden, like an ex-boyfriend comes to mind, you know, and she's like, oh, in this particular relationship, it was particularly unhealthy and toxic and I was stuck, you know, and she had never moved those stuck emotions. Mm. And <clears throat> I... I have an analogy that I use that we are all basically like a warehouse and we have a warehouse of boxes in our warehouse that have not been unpacked. You know, some people's warehouses are more full than others, but we all have boxes in our warehouse. It's like as if you were moving and the boxes are labeled, you know, kitchen sink, living room, bedroom, dining room, but instead the boxes are more like. Oh, this is from my relationship with Bob and this is from my (laughs) relationship with my mom and so the box might be titled mom yeah you know and you unpack this box and unpacking that box um, without plant medicine looks exactly um, not exactly but often very similar to what you experienced well wow I you know and, and this is what my my client did and she She carved out some space for herself and she got into child's pose, which is basically just, you know, on on your knees with your knees bent, your head on the floor, kind of bent over, like kind of relaxed and in a surrendering kind of pose. And she touched her feet and she said, you know, show me what's what's going on here. And this relationship came up and she had some tears and she had some anger and then she had some self-forgiveness to do because she knew that she had inflicted harm on herself for staying in this toxic relationship for much longer. And she knew yeah. that it was longer than it needed to be. And so, and she cried that out and she apologized to herself and she, she apologized to the universe and she loved her feet and she rubbed her feet and she made a, a regular ritual to rub lotion on her feet and tell her feet that she loves her feet. And she has zero foot pain now. Amazing. Her bunions are shrinking. We, we had her draw an outline of her foot on the, on a piece of paper to see like how big these bunions were Mm -hmm. and they're going down so i and this can be done without plant medicine yeah it just takes some time and some devotion and some carving out space for yourself yeah so and just unpack the boxes you know and you might have a box that's that's mom and you unpack that box and then you might go back back in to unpack some boxes and there's a box of mom well, you know, when you pack up your kitchen, you have more than one box of kitchen stuff. You know, so <laughs> right,
0: it's kind right. of like that
1: layers we're talking about. You yeah. know, you may have, you may be like, oh, I'm done with the dad stuff. Oh, no, here's <laughs> another here's another dad thing. Oh, oh, oh it's a box I was of done dad with the in the dad back stuff. with the dust on it. You know, <laughs> so yeah, this you know, plant medicine is is a catalyst. It's a tool, but it is not necessary. It's not a requirement. It just makes it a whole lot easier to understand and to learn. Yeah. But um, if you have a coach or a mentor or somebody to help teach you in your corner to just kind of guide you through these steps, you you can get there if you take the time and you have the dedication. Yeah.
0: And it a, makes very, a,
1: very much so.
0: It makes a huge difference to feel safely supported when we are doing this deep work. Mm-hmm. It, it makes yeah. so much difference because I say this a lot. It is brave work to go into those dark corners of our emotional bodies and our, and our old and our psyche. You know what I mean? It's, it's brave to be willing to cry when you have spent your life holding it together or being told that that's weakness. It's just, it's so brave to, to, again, even be in consideration of this level of healing, whether you use a plant sacrament or not. It's like being willing to go into the warehouse, grab the box and go, Okay, I've always I've been afraid to look at this for 10 years or I've been blind to this for however long and now I'm going to look. That can be really scary because we're not sure what we'll find and that can be some of the scariest parts. Like that can be one of the scariest parts of this work and that's why I think when you have someone like you, you know, there to support the the person to make them to help them feel safer inside of that quote unquote leap of faith, you know, the the skydive as it were, it makes a lot of difference and it really makes it so much more possible for people to access that that level of healing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. I I don't know if you wanna share a little bit about this, but I wanna make sure I ask just in case. Um, what if you want to share about what medicines you do work with, and some of the distinctions around them, you can, you don't have to, we can talk about that at another time. But you I I don't know if that's useful to share about or, or what, so go for it.
1: Yeah, for me, personally, I've found that a number of medicines have found me Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't that I was seeking them out. Uh, And I find that they all have their own value very powerful value and it's kind of like you know you may have a handful of really good friends you know and they each provide something very special and very unique in what they offer in the friendship so uh primarily my favorite medicine is ayahuasca Mm -hmm. and I, I could talk for an hour about why that is. Uh, <laughs> right. But I, I have just found that that is the the one that I get the most overall value from, mm-hmm. from healing, from guidance, from, uh, you know, having questions answered. Um, and it it's interesting because people think, oh, I'd rather do psilocybin first than ayahuasca. But I don't find that either one is easier or harder than the other. It's all dose dependent everything is dose dependent so I you know I do psilocybin as well mm-hmm. when I do my psilocybin ceremonies it's usually over five grams mm-hmm. the one that I had with you where you you know visited your gram in the place and I healed my parents divorce like that was <laughs> you were on 0.6 and I was on 1.2 like we. Have these, <laughs> It was very profound. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a, pro, a lot, a big dose, yeah. but I tend to do higher doses of psilocybin and mm-hmm. it is almost just like ayahuasca. Um, and, I, you know, I find that psilocybin is maybe more teaching and mm-hmm. ayahuasca is more healing, but not exclusively. So mm-hmm. ayahuasca is definitely teaching and psilocybin is definitely healing, but there's a, a, a weighted variance there. Got it. I also personally work with Bufo Alvarius, the Sonoran Desert toad frog, Mm -hmm. uh, not frog, um, toad venom. Mm -hmm. And um, that found me last year around this time uh, through my love of flight, oddly enough. Mm -hmm. And I followed that avenue and I was introduced to a, a wonderful woman who facilitated my first two Bufo ceremonies. And then the universe found it to put the medicine in my hands without me even seeking it out so I do have that for my personal use but I don't facilitate that I don't find that I am um, qualified or experienced yep. to to be able to facilitate that and I and I really want to be an expert in one or two medicines mm-hmm. I don't want to be I don't want to be spread out I yeah. feel like. I want to do a good job at the things that I do um, I also work with San Pedro mhm I got my, my, my cactus yeah. shirt on today, <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but, uh, I, I do work with San Pedro. We have San Pedro ceremonies here at our retreat center. Um, those are more for like 4th of July and, and, you know, maybe once or twice a year, special type of ceremonies, the same with psilocybin. Um, what we actually facilitate for other people is primarily ayahuasca, mm-hmm. Nine, 99% ayahuasca.
0: Beautiful. Well, my mass, my most amazing soul sister, Mm. I, God, I could cry. It is so difficult for me not to just cry tears of absolute (laughs) love and appreciation for you. (laughs) You are such a beautiful, wonderful light in my life, in this world. It is undeniably profound the value you bring to my life. And as I sit back and get to bear witness to your life and your work, it is incredible. And it brings me great joy when I get to refer people to you and tell people about you when that is the right thing to share for them. I'm not just saying, oh, I tell everyone about you. I don't. I tell the people that feel it feels right to tell about you and your work. And it brings me great joy when those fits are found as well. And I just want to acknowledge you for all of the work that you have done to heal, heal yourself, the work that you continue to do to heal yourself. I want to thank you. (sighs) I love you so much. I want to thank you for doing that and for being my friend, my, my friend, you know, my family. I honor you. I deeply see you and I am so happy. These are like tears of joy, like so happy to share you with the world through the platform that I have. Like I'm just so happy you were willing to come and do this. And share your your gifts and radiance with with everyone in the Trusted the Journey family. But I could go on and on. I could literally talk for fucking hours, just like you could talk about ayahuasca for hours. I could talk about you yeah. for hours. But I will never ever forget seeing you across the way at Elsinore when we first met. <laughs> and love at first sight. Baby. Love at first <laughs> sight. And no, and really and this is something I've said before, how that can sometimes be like a, an unenlightened, quote unquote, or like a yeah. an old thing of like, oh, I need to just be connected to someone immediately because I am afraid to. So I'm going to overcommit too soon. But it was one of those things with you where it really felt to me like we were immediately bonded. We immediately knew yeah. each other, we immediately loved each other, and what's different about you and me is that we have done the work over time to make that yeah. true. It's yeah. not that we just were like, "Oh, that's true," and we just get it because whatever. Yeah. We really have done the work in our friendship over the years, and that is why I sit here in tears of of true massive gratitude and and I could again go on for hours, but thank you for being you. And with that, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to share before we close? Or anywhere people can find you if you want to share that as well. No worries either way. If you want to find me, reach out to Mel. Yep. Uh, our our church is private.
1: and Until the government deregulates or reclassifies what we do, uh, we are very discreet. Yeah. So reach out to Mel or Jay. Cool. And they can refer you. Um, I just love you and I appreciate the work that you're doing. And I appreciate the work that anyone who's listening to this podcast is doing because you don't listen to this this podcast if you aren't interested in gaining tidbits and insights into into your own life. And um, I love you all. And... If this work speaks to you, if there's any inkling in your heart that you're like, yeah, I I just, I think, I think I need to go, but I just don't want to go. I'm afraid of this, this or this, you know, just go. Yeah. Just go. And if you are listening to this and you're like, not for me, that's great that it's there for other people, then don't.
0: Yeah. Don't absolutely. don't let anybody
1: force you. You know, it's the, again bringing the skydiving analogy back in. Like when you mention skydiving to people, they're usually black or white. Yeah. There's very few gray people out there that they're like oh, I never thought about that. Or people are, <laughs> people are like, yeah, I've always wanted to do that, but I've been afraid or no, I, I'm not. I would never do that. Most people are very opinionated on one end or the other. Yeah. And your heart knows our heart knows. What is right for us in every given moment. And even for people who have done plant ceremonies Maybe now isn't the time, you know, mm-hmm. and it might be like, yeah, you know, was a yes. And now it's not. And conversely, it might have been a no in the past, but maybe now it's a yes. So always live from the heart, live from an open heart, not as a, I'm not trying to say this as a command, but as a, an offering, a, su- a suggestion Yeah. to really feel into that heart space. And I like to picture the heart like barn doors, you know, and just swing them wide open allow them to be open, you know, allow whatever, whatever can be feeling exposed to just feel exposed. It's, it's so much nicer to live from this place, you know, just like, yeah, unpacking boxes in a warehouse doesn't feel good. You know, a lot of times when we move, we procrastinate and we just watch the boxes pile against the wall, but that feels bad. Like we know that that needs to be done, but once it's done and you throw that box away or you put it in the recycling, it's like, ah. You know, and that's what living from an open heart feels like. It's, you're not questioning that I do the right thing, that did I did I make the right choice today because the heart is our infinite source of wisdom. It is our connection to our spirit. Um, and, you know, and the gut has intuition as well. But if you look at uh, the new science that's around the heart, as they're finding that there are just as many neurons and neuropathways in the heart as there are in the brain, and it's because the heart is always sending signals up to the brain as a message, you know, turn left, that rock star parking is gonna be down this way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Sim- simple things like that, or no, red flag, red flag, red flag, that person's not the one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but our heart is always sending these messages up to the brain, but the brain is also going, I don't know, the last time I turned left for that parking spot, there wasn't anything there. And I don't know. the last time I dated a redhead, it was like this. <laughs> you know, so the brain has like all of its chatter going on. And it's sending it down to the heart. And most of us live brain down. You know, we're living in our brain and we're telling the heart, no, I don't want to do this because blah, blah, blah. No, I don't want to do that because blah, blah, blah. But if we open the heart and allow those messages to come up and, and, and instruct the brain then we're living more heart-centered and we can be in that flow state. There's also a lot of science around flow states, and this is one of the ways to access that flow state is to turn the brain down, turn the heart up. So if people are wondering, is plant medicine for me? Just ask your heart. It's like when you come around and ask if you want a second cup.
0: Don't ask your head.
1: Yeah. Don't ask your stomach. (laughs) Ask your
0: heart. (laughs) Right. I like that. Turn your brain down. Turn your heart up. That's awesome. Mm. Oh God, I love it. I love it all. And clearly we have plenty more that we can talk about. So I sure. anticipate and, and certainly see in the future, a, a, uh, second visit from my beautiful soul sister, Shannon. Yeah. I love you so if much. If anybody
1: wants to reach out, they can reach out to me directly as well. But if they want a referral to the church, they have to reach out through you. Yeah. But if anybody wants to reach out, I'm happy to answer questions or, you know, give people my, my insights. If they have anything they want to ask me directly. I'm, I am an open book as you may have figured out. So <laughs> I'm very, very comfortable with my past and I know that I'm doing good work here. So I'm happy to help anybody in any way I can.
0: Absolutely. And as Shannon said, if you do want to reach out to me to get a referral, go just email me, mail at MelanieCurtis.com. And uh, as per usual, if you feel called to share this show and, and, or like, or subscribe to the podcast. We always welcome that stuff. Trust the journey today, but Shannon, you are amazing. The world is better, so much better with you in it. The ripples you are making are massive. And I think you know that, but I want to say it just in case and family trust the journey peeps. Thank you so much for being here. And we love you so, 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 so much.
1: Thank you, my mass back at you. Love you all. <laughs>